Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so today is January 9th, 2015. We've got an animal communication session with Dexter. So, Dexter, please. He shows me himself jumping up and down for joy, calling himself both of your little baby. He says, I'm their little baby, their little man. Um, He tells me, look, look, my back legs, they're working now. I can spring and I can jump and I can be like a kangaroo. He shows me himself uh, in in his spirit body, spirit body being all over the place and a very bouncy, happy little boy. He wants to tell you that he is okay. He says he has all muscular motor control back in his limbs. He's not laying down anymore. He just shows me himself being up and being very spry, very springy. He tells me he was a happy little guy when you knew him in the physical. Very, very attached to, uh, well, it feels like one person, one human adult in the household. Um, And he just says that I was everybody's little lover, everybody's little man. But when he says everybody, I get he's really referring to both you, Tressa, and your husband, LJ, not to, you know, just anybody who would come into your house. He says he was a sweetie pie, but he was also very loyal to people he knew. Again, this refers to you and your husband. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, Questions? I just wanted to see if he, uh, make sure he's okay and that we miss him so much, you know. Um, Okay, sure. So let's see what he says to that. Dexter, are you doing okay? He says, I'm very happy. He feels that you guys see it as like he was robbed from you. He was taken too fast. And he says, I did go down downhill very quickly, especially those last three days that I was in my body. It's like it was like the wind was knocked out from him. He was just he went very quickly, very rapidly in a decline, he says. He wants you to know, he says, my spirit body has no holes in it. There's nothing growing in odd places. He just feels very good in his body. Um, He also indicates that in his physical body he was having some, feels like joint discomfort and pain towards the end uh, in his physical form, and now all of that has totally dissipated. He shows me an image now of sitting on a cloud. What does this mean, please, Dexter? He says, I'm everywhere. I'm in the clouds. I'm on the ground. He says, just like I was a busy body on earth, which, which I get means he was kind of a busy bee. He was all over the place. I mean, all over with his body. He just tells me now, he says, I am very much watching everything that goes on. He also still visits in the home. Um, He says that there is a a favorite little girl. Um, He's referring to one of the dogs. I know you have three females, so that doesn't really narrow it down. But he says there is a favorite little girl. Let Let me see what he says. He's referring to whichever female dog is daddy's favorite little girl. When I ask what do you want to say about that dog, Dexter, he says she needs some extra love and TLC. She's a little confused about what happened, where I went. It's like I didn't come home that day. She's confused about where I went. Explain it to her, and she'll be okay. He tells me she's acting yes. fine in the house, but it does need to be explained out loud. And, guys, that is something you can certainly do. You just tell them, tell the, all the dogs. It's not going to hurt to tell all of them, but especially this one who you believe she, he's referring to what happened that day and, you know, that he had to be released from his body or however ended up panning out 
and that you know he's he is okay. <laughs> yeah, cause um, she'll lay down on his little blanket at night, cause I never washed it. The blanket that I, I went to the hospital with him, the last day I saw him, I brought his little blanket and I held him in it, and I never washed it. And he was asleep in our bed, and she lays down on there every night, and I never washed it, and. Like, she takes his place, you know, like she wants to lay on his blanket like he always did, you know? Okay, and, which uh, dog is this? It's Maggie. She's Maggie. my long-haired Yorkie. She, she's uh, six years old. She was the longest in his life, so. She um, was very much his friend is what she's telling me. Um, Maggie's yeah. popping in since we are referencing her. She misses him greatly. She knows the two of you miss him, um, and she just says, Daddy misses him. Um, Maggie's, part of what Maggie sees as her job is actually to watch over you, LJ. Um, it's just something she has decided. She feels like part of her job to watch you, to take care of you. Um, interesting. Sometimes we think we're always taking care of our animals, and sometimes they're doing just the opposite for us. Yeah, she's so motherly. Mm, yes, she's. She needs some help, guys, because there is sadness within her heart. She misses him so much. Maggie, what do you need for yourself? I need to know my people are going to be okay, and then I can heal, she says. Um, Mommy still cries for Dexter. Interesting. Maggie's younger than, way younger than Dexter, and yet she refers to Dexter as her little brother. Yes, most definitely. Mm-hmm. She misses him. Um we try to give her love, you know, we hold her and we, we tell her it's okay and we, we, you know, stuff like that, but um, I try not to, I talk to Dexter still, you know, I, I, I go kiss his ashes, I kiss him, I, I light a candle for him, I, I candles lit right now for him, and um, I still talk to him, I tell him I love him and goodnight and stuff, and sometimes I feel like he is in the house, you know? Well, he is, he sits a lot in what he describes as his corner. His corner. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's, he's, he's there still quite a bit, a lot when I ask him, Dexter, are the other dogs seeing you? He feels they are, but it's not the same. He says, Maggie isn't really getting much comfort by me being in my spirit form. She knows I'm there. She's aware of me. But she is more focused on, well, you guys, especially um, LJ, especially her daddy, is what Dexter says. Um, she just wants you guys to be okay. Dexter wants to let you know that what took him, okay, now I know you mentioned trust in your email that it was it was a form of cancer. He just says the cancer was so widespread that there was no stopping it, and he wants you to stop be going to blame to your, for yourself. He, th- he thinks you're blaming yourself because you caught it too late, and he says this isn't the type of thing that you could have caught in time. He had it, he tells me, for quite a while in his body before it was actually discovered. And he tells me he honestly dealt with it just fine overall during that last, feels like, eight months of his life in the physical. Um, So he says he was a trooper for handling it for the most part. Okay. How often does he come here? Um, he says, time's a funny thing. It doesn't exist where I am in my plane when I ask him if he could try to put try to put that into, you know, our human understanding of linear time. He says daily. I'm there daily, especially around the dinner t- table. Um, when dinner time comes, he shows me himself being in a, a lay-down spot, a lay-down sort of position that's not far from the table, close to being almost right underneath it but a little off to the side. So he's there during family hour is also what he for, refers to dinner time as, family hour. We eat. Yeah, they all get by the table when we eat. 
they'd like to watch us. And uh, his little bed, you know, when Dexter first passed away, they never wanted to get in his little bed because I have him side by side. They never wanted to get in his bed at all. They just starting to want to get in his bed, you know. And um, I feel like he's he's in there, you know. Um, yeah, uh, okay, yes, Maggie says, yes, he was laying in it quite a bit to try to offer you a sense of peace. He says, you're, one of your biggest complaints is that you felt the house felt so different without him, and he feels like that was talked about quite a bit, especially after he first transitioned, first left his body. Um, Molly is coming through, actually, and, I mean, I don't have photos of these guys, but I mean, they all feel different to me anyway. Molly, what do you need to say? She says, we didn't take his bed because he was there. I saw him. She tells me she's being a quiet little girl. She's she's a good girl by nature anyway, but she's being very quiet and calm. She says, I'm not in the sadness zone that Maggie's at. She says, Maggie needs help. Daddy needs to take Maggie for walks. Maggie sometimes likes to be held or picked up during walks as well, is what Molly says. Um, but she needs to exercise her grief out is Molly's opinion. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, my husband said that he saw him he saw him twice. He didn't see his face, but like he saw him on the corner of the bar, like just his back and like the hair running like kind. He saw him twice. My okay. husband sees things sometimes, you know. Yeah, well, he tells me that was me. He's he's very much in the house. He's very much visiting. I don't get he's there 24-7, but he spends an awful lot of time there. Um, he says he's there because you guys still need him. Um, he's also yeah. telling me that the barker in the house, the dog, the female dog who does most of the alerting at the door quicker than the other two is doing a good job. He's just he's just commending her for doing a good job. Okay. Oh, okay, sure. Okay, good. Um, we just yeah. miss him so much, um, you know, and uh, I feel like I just, like I say a lot, like I want him back, you know, but I know I know he's in a good place, you know, but, and I talk to him all the time, and I feel like he's there, but we just can't see him. He says, yes, I am there. Um, there is a exercise that you guys can do um, if you want to try this, uh, and this is just me talking for a second, where you can do your best to get calm and relaxed and actually reach out and sense him. So to do this exercise, it's simple. You sit on the couch or someplace comfortable where you're not going to be disturbed by noises or any other distractions. Close your eyes and then take a few deep breaths and then think to him. Think to him by saying in your mind, Dexter, come to me. Dexter, can you let me sense you now? Okay, and by asking him, basically inviting him, to come your way. I have different clients that, that relay different stories. Some will say I feel the presence of the animal all around me or in the room or I can feel the presence as if they were sitting in my lap or putting a paw on my shoulder or as if they were they had their head up next to my head. But I would encourage you to do that because he's telling me that Tressa, you are extremely intuitive. Um, he feels both of you can do this exercise, but he thinks Tressa, yeah, um, you're intuitive and he does make that comment. Um, also, by the way, he was telling me his job when he was in his in your home was the job of cuddler. That was the job he did. And he says that another dog is trying to fulfill that spot as cuddler. I mean, they're all, excuse me, two out of the three of them especially are more cuddly, it feels like, um, than, than the third one. But he says there is a female dog. Uh, it is Maggie. Actually, it is Maggie who wants to be even more 
cuddly than she already is now because she wants to try to help fulfill his shoes, the, the vacancy that he left behind. He wants to give her permission to be cuddly, extra cuddly, especially with you, Tressa, with Mommy, he says. And in order to do that, she needs permission. She doesn't want to step on anybody's toes by fulfilling his role of cuddly person or cuddly girl, especially with Utressa, without being invited. So what you may want to do, and this part is me talking now, is to help Dexter get this across to Maggie. Simply tell her out loud, Maggie, we give you full permission to, you know, accept the job that Dexter left behind. I do give her full permission. I always like to give her cuddles and hug her and love her. And she's welcome to do the same to me. Excellent, because she feels like she she wants to step more into that role above and beyond how she's been doing it. So, okay, so she does hear you say this. I'm going to encourage you guys to say this out loud now and in the days ahead because she's going to need it a few times. She just wants to make sure you're sure because she says everybody loved Dexter. Again, when she says everybody, she means everybody in the house. She just called him a very good boy, um, very very amiable, um, very friendly, in other words, a friendly dog, sweet guy, relating to the other dogs and relating to you two as people. Yes, he's very, very... Yes. He was a very sweet boy. Yes. Can I ask you? Can you ask him for me if he's with my grandma? Sure, let's see. He says he is, and he shows me the image of a woman sitting in, to me it looks like a rocking chair, and she's petting him. And she said that this woman um, is saying, look at my hair, look at my hair. Don't I look pretty? Don't I look nice? Um, and she says, I'm happy here, and I'm taking care of him. So, yes, yeah, that's my... He is very much with her. Mm-hmm. Okay, because she loved Dexter, my grandma, and she had a heart of gold, too, and uh, she loved him. And um, I know she's taking care of him, you know. Um, okay, yes. so... She also just, appreciates Dexter's very fine hair. She shows me an image of stroking through his fur. I mean, even in spirit form, he's still showing me in his spirit body, resembling the photo that you sent me. And and she's just, I get this woman who your grandmother is just saying, oh, look how feel how silky his fur is. Like she really likes to feel the touch of him as she's stroking him. Okay. Does he eat or no? Not necessary, he says, but I play, and I play lots. He plays games where he rolls on his back and puts his front two legs in the air, and what is he doing? What are you doing? I'm going to describe it as being silly on his back and, like, sticking his front legs up, and he's, like, pounding the air with his front legs. It's a silly gesture is what he says. What else are you doing as far as play over there? He says, I rub my back on the ground sometimes. I also go in a position where my front legs are down on the ground and hind end is up, and he shows me a ball in his mouth. I get real playful. I get real wild. I was the best at dodging and pivoting when I was in my younger days in my in my physical form. He was very good about going around corners and spooking, spooking others. Um, he says spooking the cat, but I know you only have dogs, but that is what I hear. He was very yeah, good at at being very mm, mobile, very animated, very quick to turn. Oh, yeah. Um, just toward his older days, he laid down a lot. I, I don't know if it was the camp that he had he, or he was just his age. He was just tired. 
But I asked the vet if he was hurting, and the vet said no, that he thinks that he was just tired and ready. You know, because when I went to kiss him by, before he passed away, he always would tell him to give Mama a kiss, and he would kiss me all the time. But when okay. it was the last hour of the vet, I told him, kiss me, he wouldn't. I think he was just tired. Um, yeah, sure. So I want to ask him to tell us about that. He says, I just couldn't. He felt very, very hot, very warm, also dehydrated in his body, very tired indeed. He says, I knew you were there, though. He just shows me his eyes being awake and seeing you, and he was just done. He says, I felt like a fried potato. I just felt very done. Um, oh. Don't take it personal. He he shows me an image of a human hand holding his paw, and he just says, I was with you along the way. I felt everything. So he felt your attention and your affection on his body, even if he couldn't give it in return. Um, the last few days of all that, all that lying down, Dexter, anything you want to say to there? He says, I was just very tired. And at that point, the three days before you took him to the vet for the last time, he's actually telling me he was ready. He was ready to go. He had completed his life's mission, completed life, and he was ready. He says part of his purpose in this lifetime was to come and sit on your lap, Tressa. It was part of his job. Oh, uh, yeah. And I held him whenever I went. And I held him to my heart, and I held him. I told him how much I loved him. I kissed him. I uh, held him, you know, um, I cried like a baby, though, and I know he, he saw that, you know. I hated for him to see me go through what I did, but I didn't, I didn't like seeing him the way he was, you know. I wanted him better, but I guess he was just ready to go. He was ready to go, and he says, and you knew that. He feels like in your heart you reached a space, a place in your heart where you knew he was done and he was ready. He tells me that he told you. Um, it's like he indicated with all his physical behavior signs that he was just, well, done. Very fried, very I can't do any more sort of um, yeah. attitude. But he took it all peacefully. He also shows me this, this, him being very peaceful and quiet these last three days as well in the physical. It's like he had immense peace within him. Yes, he was real quiet. Yeah, yeah. Um. He shows me an image of a pacifier in his mouth when I ask him, what's this image mean? Because not all images animals show me are literal. What does this mean, Dexter? I was their baby. He still thinks he was your baby. Um, yeah, he was. He was so close to me. I, I, that was my baby. Okay. He would follow me everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, he kept you part your company. He also calls himself your reading partner. I see this image of you reading. It might be a magazine, uh, but it feels like he's next to you, and he's, like, always got to be in physical contact because he was a touchy-feely guy um, and wanted to be always, well, like Velcro up next to you. Um, he just says, I got my, what? what is that word? You got your what in? He got his happiness fix in. What does this mean, please? Um, he tells me he would do cute little tricks for treats. He shows me himself waving front paws in the air. He shows me being very talented on his back hind legs as well. And this is all when he was in the physical. He just thought he could stand up almost like a human and get noticed for it. Okay. He just says, I was well-loved. And I Oh, knew yeah, he was well-loved. <laughs> he was a well-loved baby. Uh, would you ask, LJ? Does he come to sleep with us sometimes at night? Does he stay at night, sleep with us in the bed like he used to? 
Yeah, he shows me up near your heads and in the middle. In the middle. Um, he says, so yes, in spirit form I am. I pick the warmest spot. And then he shows me, he gives me the phrase on daddy's side as well. Oh, Shao King. Oh, yes. Yep. He was a spark baby. <laughs> yep, and he tells me he was a seeker of warm places. <laughs> loved, oh. his, loved his cozy, warm, warm spots and sometimes wouldn't leave them if he was too cozy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He feels well, just... like you um you are all, you and LJ, are really in really good hands. He tells me that Maggie's in charge now. Um, he says Emily, Emily's different um, than Maggie and Molly. When I ask him in what way, he just says she's different. It's like she came later. He calls her call it coming later. Maybe she joined your family letter later or came later in life, or there's something different about Emily. But he just wants you to know Maggie's in charge now, and he says that's a good thing. But Maggie's sad, and Maggie can't rein in the girls. He's referring to Molly and Emily now until she starts to heal her own heart. Um, there is a flower essence, Tressa, that I will send you an email link to uh, sometime tonight that uh, helps with grief and helps animals as well as people if you choose to take it yourself to kind of move through grief um it might be something to consider i'll i'll send it to you you can read the description and see if that's something you want to pick up or not but if you give it to the animals um it's not herbal it's not medicinal and based so it wouldn't interfere with any you know diet or drugs or you know supplements they're on it's just energy in a bottle put a couple drops in the water bowl every time they drink it they receive that balanced energy and it can help animals process grief with greater ease versus it being as, I mean, Maggie has some real deep sadness here. I wouldn't call it so extreme that it's depression, but Dexter's pointing it out, and he wants Maggie to be happy again and to be bouncy like she used to be. Um, He does call her a mature dog and that she never was as wild as he was, but he says we do need to get Maggie back on her feet, and he just wishes she was more happy versus sad. Yeah, because they they were together for... The longest, because um, she, she was so motherly to all of them, you know, um, and, and she watched over them. Um, yeah. And I think she has sadness, too, because, and I hate to call his name to her too much, because I hate because you can tell, like, she's sad. I can tell she's sad at times, you know. Mm-hmm. But we hold her all the time, and we kiss her, and she sleeps with us, and we show her love and stuff, and we don't, we don't. Yeah. Yeah, try, um, so so the love, showing her love is wonderful. And try this, too, along with that. Just tell her things out loud, like, Maggie, I know you're sad, and I understand that, and I acknowledge it. There's a part of me that's still sad and mixes Dexter, too. And still, we're going to be okay. Give yourself permission, Maggie, to fully heal your grief so that you can be who you truly are underneath all of it. Because right now, um, she's she has moments where she's very much her full self, and other times where her sadness creeps in again. Um, and you just want to help her to release that, to move through it, and to release it in a natural way. So tell her these things out loud, much like you would tell a human friend of yours, Tressa and LJ, who is grieving. Tell her what you okay. think she needs to hear. She needs that support. Okay, because I, I, it's like um, I just show her love and affection, and it's like I I don't want to say it out loud to her because I'm scared it upsets her more, you know? No, she's very intelligent, just as intelligent as you and I are. So, no, actually use your words to support her, talk to her. 
because she's, okay. she can feel your, your words and your thoughts, everything you're not saying. She, she feels and senses the unsaid words. So you might as well acknowledge the intelligent aspect of who she is and say it out loud. Um, and honestly, I'm getting from her that those would be words of healing and words of comfort. And it's okay, okay. if you cry yourself when you say them because you're eventually going to move through that. I mean, grief is a process, and it's okay for it to take however long it needs to take for a being, but to kind of sweep it underneath the rug doesn't get a being anywhere. Okay, okay. Okay, I, I will do that. And um, now can I call you, can I make appointments with you, like whenever, to, to have a meeting with you again about Dexter Absolutely. and about the girls? Yep, absolutely. We've got six minutes left. Did you want to ask any any of these guys anything else? Uh, I just want to make sure that all my other girls are good. Um, sure. Emily, she she's Emily is more like um she like a hot flash, you know, like she she's has like the attitude of all of them, you know, okay. like um I like her attitude though. It's just her character. Okay, okay. So let me let me check in with them then as well. So let me check in with Emily and Molly. Emily, how are you doing regarding Dexter's transition? She says she's fine. She's her same usual self. Yeah, okay. she is. She's no difference. Yeah, so she's doing fine. Um, Emily has this very brave, stoic way of looking at life. She's very much in the present. She's not stuck in the past, so him passing... Um, it tell, she tells me she was respectful for about 48 hours after his passing where she was acting a bit quieter than usual. But then after that, it was like uh, she, she threw up her hands and was like, okay, I'm going back to being me, my usual my, me self. And, and that's just who she is, and, and that's totally fine. So she's not grieving. Um, she's actually quite balanced and doing fine. Yeah, it's right. just uh, Maggie, and I notice it. I notice yeah. Maggie. Right. Right, yeah. So so far, I'm sensing it's it's just Maggie. But let's check in with Molly and be clear. Molly, I know we touched a little bit with you, but Molly, directly the question: How are you doing since Dexter's passed? She says she's more concerned about Maggie. Um, she's doing okay, but she says she wants Maggie, who she interestingly enough does refer to as mother, even though they're only one age apart. She says mother Maggie. She says needs to get back to her usual self. I. She shows me an image of cuddling with Maggie and getting very close to Maggie. When I ask, what does this mean? She says, I really watch her. I watch Maggie. I want to make sure she's happy. Um, yeah. Molly shows me being um, a bit like a middle child where she's the go-between between Maggie and Emily, but Molly shows me having a stronger really stronger or closer relationship with Maggie more so than with Emily. Um, with Emily, she just says, we're like sisters, but I see Maggie as my mom. She didn't see Dexter as her dad or her brother. She just thought he was a, a nice guy in the house who helped her to have good social skills. So he did yeah. visit her when she was a, a younger thing than she is now. Oh, good. Okay, She's okay. okay. She's okay without him. Yeah, just Maggie. I can tell she, she gets upset. You can tell she's down. But I want to make sure all my babies are happy. You know, okay. I want to make sure that they're all happy. Uh, we're good to them. And they're good with what her life is, you know? There's yeah. any improvement. Yeah, so let's see. So, Maggie, you want to start? You know, aside from, yes, aside from the sadness she's got with Dexter, she calls herself happy, especially when she's being held in arms. She shows me an image of in your arms, LJ, being held in your arms. That makes her very happy indeed. 
you know, she is quite happy being a house dog. <laughs> um, it feels like she's, uh, you know, some animals, just like some people, are kind of hermits. They they really enjoy their coziness of their home and don't need to get out an awful lot. It feels like um, Maggie very much enjoys her house, but she'll do anything with you is also what I'm hearing, LJ. It's like she wants to take you, LJ, for a walk. I know she mentioned that before. Um, so when the weather's warmer, well, you're in Louisiana, so I, I don't know what your weather's like down there. But when it's warm and comfortable for you all, she doesn't like to get her feet wet, by the way. Um, so pick a, a, a kind of a dryish day out, sunny day. Uh, it'd be, be nice to take her for a short walk. It doesn't feel like Maggie wants to walk very far, so you don't have to go far away from your house, but it might be nice to get oh, her no. some fresh air. <laughs> she don't like the wet feet. Because when we take our saw in the morning to go pee pee, mm-hmm. when it's wet outside, she she'll she'll look, but then she won't she won't want to go because she know mm-hmm. she hates their feet wet. She does, she does, and I get even if she was to go out and you were to dry them off, that still wouldn't be enough. Um, she, she uh, would no. re- in a real <laughs> world if she was a princess, she would like a, a carpet rolled out for her to go outside on that would be nice and dry, so she wouldn't have to get her feet wet, and then she would go yeah. outside. She might she might pee on the carpet, but that's kind of. How she That's is. right. She's also spoiled. And, and can I tell you something? Sure. Um, my husband has this thing that it, it's a rim pie that it makes noise when you um when spirits touch it. It's supposed to make noise, like it's supposed to go off. And he okay. had bought that. And he when that's the first time, away, like the first day or two, we got his little ashes back, and I put it like in this little thing I bought him with the little wings and stuff on it, and I put some holy water in it, too. Well, he put this the, a rim pot in Dexter's bed where he's faded all the time, and when okay. he went to grab the ashes, when he went to grab them, it shocked him. Like, it shocked his hand so bad, I heard, and he said it hurt for days. I said it's oh, because he didn't, want you, he didn't want you to pick his ashes up and put it by that, I don't think. Huh. All he right, well, let's see what Dexter... Yeah, let's see what Dexter knows about all this. He says that wasn't me. Um, his energy was in that spot in the bed, but I don't get he he tried to purposely hurt hurt anybody, hurt hurt LJ. Um, when I asked, was this was this so this energy was it being picked up by the machine, Dexter? He feels yes, indeed it was. Oddly enough, that that machine, whatever you've got here, is it, it indeed works. Dexter says it is accurate. Uh, he feels it was sensing him, but I don't get he was he actually cared one way or another either about the ashes being pulled out. But I don't get he caused the static charge or the or the spark as he refers to it on purpose. It just kind of happened. Okay, yeah, I thought so too. Because that's not Dexter. He he would never just not want him to to take to pick him up his his ashes, you know. But right. we just want to bring that up to you. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right, so we are at time. Uh, Let me go ahead and thank everybody. So thank you, Dexter and Maggie. Let me say we love him. And Molly and Emily, and they love you. He says, of course they do. They hold me all the time. <laughs> yeah, okay. I do. He knows. He knows your love. Continue, Tressa. I mean, the two of you can keep talking to him out loud or in, or in your heads. He'll hear you that way, too. If, you know, that gives you peace of mind because he hears everything you think and say about him. Oh, good. Does he sleep? What's that? So he does sleep, right? Uh, no, 
he says, no, I'm just all over now. It's like I'm always awake and I never get tired anymore. It's nice. He likes it this way because that allows him to have lots of energy to play and to be curious and check out corners and check out under tables for for crumbs. Not that he eats anymore, but uh, he's still um, doing a lot of his old habits that he did when he was in physical. Okay, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. So uh, we are all set for today, Tressa. I will send you a link to our recording in 24 hours or less, so just check your email for that. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate your time. You're and we thank, thank you so much, and we will get back with you. All right. Sounds good. Have a good night. You too. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.